We go from an aviation expert to a constitutional expert. Professor Dershowitz, just a couple of decades at Harvard Law School and a Brooklyn boy at heart. And he's always with us here in Cats and Night on Tuesdays. How are you, sir? And I know you got a lot to say about President Biden. He went up to Buffalo talking about white supremacy. Professor Dershowitz, what do you think? Well, first of all, it's so obvious what happened to the China plane. A UFO hit it. We needed the last. Thank you. Right. And the Democrats will blame a Republican UFO. So <laughs> that's the way things happen in America today. And that's what I think of President Biden's speech. I think it was a great speech. It was a perfect speech. It was tone perfect. He spoke to the victims. He spoke to the victims' families. But now the time has come for him to make another speech, for him to come to Brooklyn or to go to Los Angeles, talk to the black community leaders and say, why are so many black African-Americans attacking Chinese people, Asian people and Jews? That has to stop. And their own and their own and other black people, because we know that 90 percent of black people are killed by other black people. Yeah. But what I'm talking about now is racial hatred. You know, white supremacy, which is horrible, and the president did a good job in attacking it. But now he has to attack particularly black on Asian and black on Jewish crime. You know, today in Brooklyn, if you're a chassid with a beard and you walk in Williamsburg or Borough Park, but particularly in Williamsburg, you know, or Crown Heights, you take your life in your hand. Uh, People come up to you and they beat you up. In fact, Arthur Idella and I wanted to start a new organization called Hit a Jew, We Sue You uh, to make sure that if that ever happens, the perpetrators know they're going to get sued by really good lawyers and, and bankrupted. Uh, so there's there is more violence from the white supremacy hard right than there is from the left. But there's plenty from the left and there's plenty from the black community, uh, people, individuals, not the community, of course, individuals, individual bad people who are attacking particularly Asians and particularly Jews. Why they pick on Asians and Jews, I have no idea. But Alan, the reality is that there are too many such cases. Alan, it's Richard Weinberg. I want to ask you about this resolution that was just put into the Congress condemning the creation of Israel as a catastrophe put in by the squad. What do you say about that? Well, that's race hatred. That is anti-Semitism. And the left and Schumer and Biden have to speak to that issue. That is pure, blatant anti-Semitism. It's also a blood libel. It's based on a lie. As you know, in 1947, the U.N. offered the Palestinians a state on about 70 percent of the arable land of what was then the British mandate. And the Israelis would get around 30 percent, and there'd be an internationalized Jerusalem and Bethlehem. And the Israelis said, yes, we'll do it. We'll take a sliver of land on the uh, Mediterranean and, and, and part access to Jerusalem. And the Palestinians, under the influence still, even though he was now a war criminal, of the Grand Mufti of Jerusalem, who had spent the war years with Hitler plotting the death of the Jews, the Grand Mufti said, no, you can't accept even a Jewish state the size of a postage stamp. That's the origin. That's how it began. That's why Palestinians were were some left and were forced out, because the Palestinians wouldn't accept the United Nations declaration separating it into two states. That's where the fault lies. And for Congress to say the opposite and to make up a lie based on the squad 
would be a blood libel. And, and, and uh, we have to fight it with every bit of energy. Professor, this is Craig Eaton. Just to answer your question about the significant increase in attacks on Asians, I think that uh, that came after COVID. I think after COVID, there were significant attacks on Asians. And and that's what led to it because they, they were blaming, blaming them, Chinese, blaming them for bringing COVID uh, to the United and the States. And the only thing, you know, I don't think that, I don't think the Chinese, uh, I think what the Chinese are guilty about is that they didn't tell us. In other words, they stopped flights between Wuhan and other Chinese cities, but they kept the flights going from Wuhan to Italy and from Wuhan to New York and other cities in the United States. That they're guilty of for sure. Did they create the virus? I don't know. Well, the Chinese Communist Party is guilty of that, not the Chinese people. All that's true. The Chinese people of New York and Los Angeles aren't. That's like when I was a kid, uh, there was a church across the street from my uh, high school, and, and, and some of the kids, the stupid kids, would yell, you kill Jesus, you kill Jesus. And I remember my answer is, I was at the movies. I have an alibi. I <laughs> you know, don't blame me. I can prove I wasn't there at the time. Uh, the idea of collective guilt that you you attack a Chinese young man or woman in America who's been in America for a hundred years with their family because some Chinese official in China or even some Russian official in Russia attacked the Ukraine. We're now seeing, you know, Tchaikovsky concerts canceled. Uh, Anna Netrebko canceled at the Metropolitan Opera. If you're Russian or if you have anything to do with Russia, the Russian tea room was boycotted, even though it's owned by Americans and when it was Albania. Russia, yeah, it's an Albanian it guy. By, yeah. Beer, right? yeah, but I think it's fair to say yeah. there's just so much anger and hatred nation. out there. There's so much a- anger, anger and hatred anger. out there that people are just the, the people that want to attack people are just looking for, for easy like targets. Easy targets. Yeah. Uh, uh, Alan Ed yeah. Cox yeah. here. You know, and the they, president has to talk about that. And when I was He's growing up here, I remember when the uh, agitators just to stir things up. Uh, there were a number of prosperous Korean stores in Harlem. And they stirred up uh, the, mm-hmm. the the the. He was on the MSNBC last night. People there, yeah. Um, well, what about Al the Korean? Yeah. What about that the was Korean? Al Sharpton? I was Al Sharpton. I'm old enough to remember Reverend that. Mm-hmm. I, I want to get. He was on agitating. I want to get Professor yep. Dershowitz's opinion. There's a new law. Is it signed into law in Florida? Right. That you cannot picket private homes. Protest in front of them, right? Mm-hmm. Well, protest. Okay. In so front here, of private homes. So I, I need your thoughts of what that really means and hold on across the way from me it's poor me and Lydia on one side and a bunch of we, and we got four lawyers on the other side yeah but you have an honorary doctorate you have an honorary law degree I mean you're like an astronaut you're a pilot I can't, I can't fly my jet anymore I don't have 2020 uh, th- th- this, this lawyer will uh, take the Dershowitz <laughs> opinion over okay, I'll my, take the Dershowitz opinion, opinion. I might have. tell us about Florida so I, wrote, I wrote an article I wrote an article about it in Gatestone. You can access it on, on uh, um, Google. Well, can, we get, can we get the interpretation this. without paying the $2 sure, fee? Right. <laughs> That's absolutely $2. right. <laughs> so um, the Supreme Court has held that you can restrict speech to time, place, and manner. So that 11 o'clock at night, you can't go around with a loudspeaker in a neighborhood and, and exercise your free speech, say you want to vote for a particular candidate, even though the speech itself is protected the time, place, and manner or not. And so case came to the Supreme Court involving some horrible people 
who tried to interfere with the funeral of a brave American soldier who was killed in combat. And the Supreme Court said no. Uh, The Supreme Court said that you can't prevent that as long as they're away and across the street. So I think a Florida law, unless it's limited, you can say you can't pick it in front of a juror's house, uh, maybe an elected judge's house, a witness's house. But a Supreme Court justice is different. They have lifetime tenure, um, and they're supposed to be immune from that kind of pressure. Now, it doesn't mean you can come up to his door or shout. But if you have a dignified protest across the street from the house or in the street in front of his house, say 20 or 30 feet away, I think the Supreme Court would say that that would be uh, protected speech under the Constitution and that the Florida law would be unconstitutional if it were interpreted to apply to those kinds of protests. Now, the one rule that has to be clear is that whatever the rules and restrictions are have to be neutral. They have to be the same rules for pro-abortion and anti-abortion, the same rules uh, for black, for white protesters. They can't be different rules for different groups. But that that that, part we agree uh, with 100 percent. Alan, Alan, what about Title uh, 18 U.S. Code uh, 1507, which uh, bans the picketing to influence the government act by intimidation? How does that with the intent? Right. It's, so the statute would, says with the intent to influence the the uh, and so it's been interpreted by some courts to say that applies to jurors. It applies to witnesses. They could be influenced uh, by it, but it doesn't apply to lifetime appointed uh, judges as long as there's a reasonable distance and it's done during the day and it doesn't interfere with traffic. The the the, the, the statute would be it is probably unconstitutional if you apply it to Supreme Court justices. That's my view. That's what the case, the Supreme Court case about the funeral seems to suggest. But of course, this Supreme Court doesn't give much weight to precedent. So you never know uh, which way it would come down if it came to the Supreme Court now. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Professor Dershowitz. 